Welcome in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single damn day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, oh my God, we're going to talk about it. Uh, my name is Jay Kyle Mann, and I am a video producer at The Ringer, and I am joined every single day by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And you, yes. say, you cannot sound more excited to be here every day, uh, J. Kyle, man. Do you, oh, are you saying you're being sarcastic? You think I sound like I'm being <laughs> like mean, I'm like I'm I mean, phoning it in a little bit? Is that I mean, what you're implying? I mean, I mean that particular uh, lead-in was was a little was a little like a sh- sounded like a short timer, like a guy who's who's oh. Ready Dead to, man walking a re- little bit. Re- ready to rid himself of this daily chore of talking about sports with me. How dare you? I enjoy these I enjoy these shows so much. And I've had a long day. I went to bed super late last night, probably like two or three. I was staying up uh, editing uh, a video. And then I got up early and played basketball for two or three hours outside. And uh, I've been up for a while. I'm tired. And, uh, and you had some beers. That's your own damn fault. No, don't feel too sorry for you. Had some I never people had beers. Over. You had some beers. Who said anything about beers? Well, I mean, that's, I don't. How do how do adult people gather around a fire pit and not drink beers? Not everybody's an alcoholic like you. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, mom and dad. Some people can uh, cope with reality without <laughs> substances, Kyle. Uh, no, I just uh, just settled down. We had some buddies over. I had a little fire pit. Little. Uh, I just I, I love a good fire pit. We were we were just you know burning things, and that made it sound like we were doing drugs. We were not. Uh, <laughs> wow, we don't need beer. We were smoking marijuana. How dare you imply we were drinking? We were stoned. No, <laughs> we were just sitting around talking. But uh, there's a lot to talk about to sit around and talk about. If you're a UK fan, this was a big weekend. If you're for it was it was a generally just a positive weekend, you know. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of bad news. Coming Coming out of the weekend for Kentucky, football, basketball, I'm sh- maybe even some other sports. I don't know, but definitely football and basketball. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're obviously going to talk about Kentucky, uh, their game against Arkansas, their must win against Arkansas, and then uh, talk about Big Blue Madness and some recruiting news that is just like through the roof crazy. You want to start with football? I think we pretty much have to, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of a big, big damn deal. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. start there. Yeah, so Kentucky got a big win over Arkansas, twenty-four to twenty at home. Um, you almost it nailed a, it on the score prediction. We both got really I, close again. I was three off. Yeah, uh, they had a field goal at one point, right? So yeah. I was very close. Yeah, we've been um, we've been like really kind of on it, pretty close all year. Yeah, With yeah. The score um, predictions. Contrary to what my dad says, we know a little bit about football. Um, <laughs> We also both we also both nailed the the Lynn Bowden uh, over under. We, we set the over under at twenty snaps at quarterback, and he blew through that. I think he had twenty nine uh, just rushing attempts. Yeah, uh, out of that, it seemed like position. posturing. All and, that was posturing. Yeah, yeah, we were right about that too. I mean, Sawyer Smith played zero. He, they warmed him up a little bit, but he didn't play. Not twenty nine. It was twenty four carries for Lynn Bowden, but really, like. I think he probably became a Kentucky legend last night. That uh, was the, the game of his career that he's going to be remembered for. I feel like. Don't yeah, I mean, you, unless I mean, he goes and beats Georgia and Athens this weekend, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
Uh, Two rushing touchdowns, one passing, right? Yeah, he was, you know, they didn't, I think they wisely didn't put too much on him throwing the ball, but he threw a touchdown pass. I mean, and it was a good ball. Um, seven, yeah. seven of 11 for 78 yards and a touchdown passing, no interceptions, no turnovers. But then the, you know, the number that everybody's just going to be like, what the, how did that happen? The six, basically six foot tall, 185 pound or whatever he is, wide receiver, Lynn Bowden ran the ball 24 times for 196 yards and two touchdowns. One of the, I mean, I, I don't remember where this ranks, but it, it's, it's a, one of the best rushing performances by a Kentucky player period, you know, I mean, yeah. running back or otherwise. Um, and, and, he, and by the way, he faked the piss out of Arkansas on one drop back. I, I, you probably know the play I'm talking about. He sold this fake so perfectly where he dropped back into the pocket and everybody basically settled into like pass coverage and he timed it just absolutely perfectly. And then ran, um, yeah, I forget. It was later. It was in the second half. Anyway, go ahead and say what you're going to say. I was also going to say, that, like, I was impressed because I think the way it went down, there was at one point uh, Arkansas was backed up in its own end and then got a penalty and then got, a, I think, another penalty. And they were basically – the punter was, like, standing on the end line uh, in the end zone. <laughs> and the first two times it was Josh Ali back there. and Fabulous team. And, yeah. Yes. And Lynn, Lynn Bowden kept – like lobbying to go in. And I think at one point, like what I could tell on the TV broadcast, like Stoops is like, no dude, like you're the quarterback now. But, but the, the like second time when it was clear, they were going to get great field position. And it was obviously a pivotal point in the game. Bowden went back there and fielded the punt. So <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Yeah. But the people I was with, I was like, did he just field that punt? <laughs> yeah. So like, and I think that was all him. That was, Hey coach, I'm going to go take this one to the house. And he didn't really have well, to- you. You hit on something there, though, that I think is a key, like a crux to this whole thing is, and we talked about this a little bit over text, and I said this to you, that Lynn has this personality. Now, Kentucky's had a little bit of a crisis of identity lately, and I just think that, you know, Lynn's been a guy who's sort of been in the margins chemistry-wise, a sort of a colorful personality character Goofy guy, always saying something. You never know what he's going to say on Twitter. You never know. Border, borderline worrisome at times because he's just, he just seems like such a free-spirited person. But, you know, a little mercurial. But but he also just has this fearlessness about him. And you could see, me being the chemistry doctor, the watcher and things like that, I was taking the temperature of this team. Uh, their body language was better. They they looked they looked upset and on the verge of potentially quitting whenever Arkansas, you know, whenever they got down early in that game, it seemed like things were kind of bending, potentially going to break. But Lynn's personality, tell me if you, you, you detected this too, but it just seemed like he just sort of pervaded the team. Yes. Like it just like um, – I don't know. Yeah, there's a co- yeah, there was a confidence there for sure. I think, um, and when you talk about a fearlessness, I mean, uh, I, I obviously have continued to sort of pimp my big story on Lynn Bowden from the summer. But when you when you understand where Lynn comes from and what he's seen in his life, like people get murdered in front of him, um, and being you know right on the cusp of basically falling into being a full blown gang member. Um, I don't think he's going to be afraid of anybody or anything. And I think, you know, I think that 
You know, nothing about football scares him, certainly. And the moment doesn't scare him. And he has this supreme confidence that all your star players are going to have that, you know, Benny Snell had it. We And he finally got going tonight in the NFL. He had almost 100 total yards of offense, Benny did, for the for the Steelers. Uh, and he mm-hmm. was, you know, preening and, and jawing and, you know, smiling, that huge smile that we saw a lot of Kentucky. Like, those kind of players all have that, that confidence about them. And it also – to your point, it really almost always inspires their teammates to be confident. And, you know, you can do that, and, and they certainly believe in him when he's a wide receiver and, you know, when he's back there returning kicks. He's, how many games did he change with a, one big play? But you can just do so much more. It can be so much more, I think you use the word pervasive, um, when he's the quarter, when he's the guy taking every snap. If, even sure. if he's not a great true quarterback you know you got this guy who could break the game open on a single play and you know he had several of those runs you know the the touchdown run where he did the kind of it was just exactly like the video game like where you could hit the button to fake pitch and you you flip your arm out and then zip it back in and run i mean that that but also you know last series of the game he breaks off a 50 yard run to ice the game um i i do think that his his personality carries him and the, and then the way he kind of carries himself definitely gets into the whole team mentality and they needed that they lost th- three in a row oh, sorely you know, sorely needed they're that. down yes. they're down 13 nothing i mean it, it really looked like the season was just about over for kentucky because if you if you lose to arkansas and you're about to go to georgia at home then you're, yeah, yeah you're staring at a you're staring at a five game losing streak and then Missouri's coming that's a tough game and you could lose we talked about this Kentucky could lose could have lost six or seven in a row I mean it, it, the whole season could have just absolutely gone in the toilet and who knows where it goes from here who knows how many if any more games they can win with Lynn Bowden or if if they can get Sawyer Smith back and that's the better option to me, I kind of ride or die with Lynn Bowden right now. Um, but yeah, and and then toss in, yeah, and then toss in. Sawyer, maybe there. you know they talked about. They said that they had talked about bringing in Sawyer for third downs. You know, if they need to throw the ball, and I think that's not out of the question going forward. Um, but that was just what Lynn was in that game against Arkansas was everything they hoped they were getting when they signed him. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, you know, he's had some great moments. I mean, he changed the game with a punt return touchdown against Missouri. Uh, he set the whole tone of the game in the bowl game against uh, Penn State with a punt return uh, touchdown. You know, has had some massive games and is over a thousand yards receiving in his career. Dynamic guy, but last night was like a career defining moment for him. He'll never be forgotten. I don't think at Kentucky to do that and helped him come from behind to win on the night when you're honoring Jared Lorenz. And it was amazing how many people when they were stinking it up were just like, what a disgrace to, you know, what a disgrace to Jared Lorenzen's memory. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to like lay an egg on the night you're, you're honoring a guy like that. And then there were these crazy little stat things too. Like they made the game clinching stop uh, at the 22 yard line the 22, and then yeah. and then apparently Lynn's run like 51 yard run he ran it down to the other 22 yard line to seal the yeah. game I mean uh pretty if funny you, if you add up this the two team scores and divide them the average score is 22 points 
you know, if people people that want to believe in stuff like that, it's, you can certainly find connections to Jared in that game. But it, historic, you know, it was the most rushing yards by any Kentucky player against an SEC opponent since Raphael Little in 2005. So that's yeah. and that was by your emergency quarterback. <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. good stuff. Quite quite a performance, and I'm sure across the state there were a lot of people uh tip tipping back uh brews <laughs> like you were accusing me of doing and a lot of people uh toasting bourbon and you know if you wanted to drink bourbon i would recommend you try uh, bourbon from buffalo trace distillery the world's most award-winning distillery i don't know if you knew that kyle but if you go to buffalo trace you're going to see 200 years of masterful bourbon making history in action not just sitting still like there stuff happens there they make it there it's not a you know a museum with dust sitting on you know that that old smell mm-hmm. it's an active vibrant place you're going to be able to go there and touch the charred oak barrels aging in century old warehouses i know like my dad used to get like this old bourbon these bourbon barrel like this reclaimed wood oh man and the smell it's incredible here if you go there you're going to hear the tales of bourbon ledgers like uh legends not ledgers uh like taylor blanton weller and lee and you're going to taste award-winning spirits at america's oldest continually operating distillery experience a tour for every taste buffalo trace offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week year-round like the popular trace tour uh you are going to really really want to visit the world's bourbon destination uh buffalo trace distillery learn more at buffalotracedistillery.com and if you mention the Lockdown Kentucky podcast, you're going to get 10% off merchandise in the gift shop. So, yeah, I mean, just a, just a legendary performance from Lynn. Like you said, I think he's going to be remembered for that forever. Um, for Kentucky going forward, um, I think it, it offers some much needed wrinkles and dy- dynamic dynamicism. I don't, I always wish that was a word, but it's not. Um, just it, it just gives them some more options, yeah. you know, in a, in a situation that was like chemistry wise becoming stale, like we were talking about. They sorely needed some kind of identity in the absence, like cash, it, just this like sort of unfortunate burgoo of like, you know, Terry Wilson goes down and gets hurt. Sawyer's hurt. Cash gets in trouble. So you get this team that feels a little, you know, it's a lot of youth on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a little rudderless. They needed somebody to step up. Yeah, because it just felt like uh, – and and Lynn is – Lynn almost has that like James Young, like Deron Lamb quality about him where he's just like – but Lynn's a really uh, – but he's like an engaging, funny guy. It's just he has, he's, he's, he's not dumb, but you were like – No, no, no. I wasn't even going to put it that way. No, I was just saying that like he's like got – They were not like – with it enough to know that the moment was so big that they, that's the thing. Yeah. They had this kind of like obliviousness about the moment. I don't think, I don't think Lynn's oblivious to it. I think he's just impervious to it. Like he just, yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah. He's fearless. Um, it was just fun to, for me, when I was watching him celebrate, having read your article about him, I just felt just really happy for him just as a person, you know, to come from what he's come from this kid, you know, is on a track to put together a good life for himself and just to see him succeed on that level, to see the coaches celebrating with yeah, him. Yeah, Vince Mero uh, like hugging just, him and, and like him and, and him and Vince or him and Stoops having that moment. 
Very him good. and Grand like were face to face at one point. It looked like they were going to like plant one on each and other. Did you yeah, see that? We've got, <laughs> we've got to say like Eddie Grand absolutely nailed it. I mean, I know people were upset with a couple calls here and there, and you know, early on they weren't looking too good, but to be able to pull that off with what they had there. I mean, look, Glenn is not a quarterback. <laughs> he was the best athlete on his team playing some quarterback in high school. He's not a quarterback. He certainly hasn't been any kind of quarterback for two and a half years. And in a span of two weeks with basically one bye week to get a game plan ready, I thought they called it perfectly. They like, kept him in his comfort zone. They didn't make Lynn Bowden do a single thing that he didn't think he could do. And, and I, the other thing that happened in this game by necessity was, you know, we talk about rudderless, we talk about identity. They got back to what they've always been good at if they've been good at all under Stoops, and that's running the ball. And it wasn't just Lynn Bowden. You know, A.J. Rose has been pretty good all year. He had another really good mm-hmm. game, 90 rushing yards. Smoke had a couple uh, nice runs. Smoke had some nice yeah. I mean, yeah, gashes. Yes, big yeah. gashes. They ran for 330 yards in that game. I mean, that was pretty incredible. When they know – when the other team knows – and that that's the other thing that Kentucky's been good at when – uh, when they've been good under Stoops is even when the other team knows you're going to run it, they run it successfully. And that's uh, yeah. you know credit to the offensive line because that obviously had to have a big part in it. But 330 rushing yards, they had not rushed for that many in a league game in almost a decade. I mean, yeah. And I guess, I guess part of the question now though is like, you know, it's out there now. It's right. like, it's out there. We know, they know, you know, the team's team, George is going to have tape. Tennessee's going to have tape. Louisville's going to have tape. So it's like, yeah. it's not going to catch anybody by surprise, not trying to poo poo, but it's like, no, Sawyer Smith's you know, got to, he, he's going to have to be a factor again. And, and I think too, you know, you, you at some point do want to get back to Lynn Bowden, like catching some passes. <laughs> he's your, he's your biggest threat in the, in the wide receiver court as well. So, um, and you're going to have to put it down the field at some point. You're not going to win a whole lot of SEC games passing for 88 yards. Uh, if you do rush for 330, then you're fine. But you're also, you know, I, I don't think they can line up and do that every game. So um, who knows? Like, like I said, who knows what is next? But this saved the possibility that they still have a solid season that everybody can say, okay, still on track momentum not lost you know yeah. your, your recruiting class doesn't disintegrate before your eyes you know that i think if you lose to arkansas and then get blown out by georgia you probably by probably two weeks from now a bunch of decommits start happening <laughs> in your, your recruiting yeah. class and they may be able to hold that thing together uh at least that's still on the table yeah, at this point, it, it feels like they're just trying to cobble together a positive narrative. You know, it's like it's like maybe maybe the the highest aspirations of the season fell away with some of the just unfortunate you know luck that they had. But at the, at this point, this this was a a stone on the on the side of the scale on the positive yeah. side. You know that that could potentially lead them you know, in the direction of a positive outcome. So there's plenty more to talk about, uh, about that. And as, as they get ready for the Georgia game, there's stuff, South Carolina <laughs> beating Georgia is something yeah, we'll crazy. talk about at some point. Yeah. Uh, let's, we're going to take one more break and then we're going to talk about some pretty damned exciting stuff on the basketball recruiting front. Before we get to the recruiting piece of it, you know, we'll, we'll briefly discuss Big Blue Madness, 
Uh, it was eh, it was fine. It was tame. I thought uh, Matthew Mitchell came out in, in a cowboy outfit and did a Old Town Road, which was fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of over some of it. I mean, Matthew uh, Mitchell. Know, it was interesting though. Like they didn't have a stage this year for the first time that I've ever seen. Uh, they just like let the guys come out on the court and introduced them right there on the court. They did have a really over the top Bruce Buffer and that video of him introducing Cal and Cal just sort of luxuriating in it is hilarious. I mean, Cal's just like he, he walks out oh into the middle God. of the court and he stands there and lets the spotlight shine on him while Bruce Buffer is just like veins popping out of his forehead. Oh. The reigning champion. It wasn't even, it was all bullshit. It wasn't even like real stuff. It was just like the reigning. Yeah. It was like, like the reigning world champion of swagger. <laughs> the defender the, of the, the blah, keeper blah, blah. Yeah, of yeah. the greatest tradition in college basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't even call him John Calipari. <laughs> Coach Cal. And, you know, Cal, Cal yeah, just looks like he's like, just like, I mean, I think I've said this before, but again, and it was fitting with an announcement like that. Like he, Cal sometimes is like that Vince McMahon gif where they put other people's heads on the swaggering Vince yeah, McMahon yeah, coming out swagging. of the tunnel. Um, that was fine. I'm sure that like, I'm sure that was uh, pretty cool for the whole slew of five-star recruits they had sitting there. Um, um my guy, my guy, Billy Hobbs, told, who is like a really talented uh, shoe customizer, True Blue Customs. If you need any shoes, hit hit up my guy, Billy Hobbs. He was telling me that uh, Cal had on, because I noticed that Cal had on like a blue, this may mean something to some people, maybe not, but he had on a blue pair of Jordan 3s. And at first I thought that he had like a UK pair of Jordan 3s. And I was like, right. well, I have a new goal for what, I have, I have a new grail pair of shoes. But apparently he had on like a $10,000 pair of like DJ Khaled oh God, Jordan 3s. He <laughs> and he well, you know, he had that pair of, yeah, uh, so. uh, yeah, they like a $30,000 pair of shoes or something. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Cal's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, his, his speech was like, honestly, it was like every speech he's ever given at Madness. I mean, it really was like all the greatest hits of his like Big Tent revival. I always, I always refer to it as that because there's like the first time I went to Madness, that's what came to mind. I think I wrote that. And I've always kind of referred to it since then as like, Cal is like in this, like he's like the preacher, like the evangelical preacher at the big tent revival and people come and they know exactly kind of the basics of what he's going to say, but he just gives it with such gusto. It riles them all up. And and it's all just such a shameless recruiting pitch. And at one point he was like, we're not like, we're not going to lie. We're not going to tell you, we're going to take care of you for life. We're going to teach you how to take care of yourself for life. Uh, all that stuff. Right. All, yeah, not like thinly veiled coded yeah. messaging towards Duke and their yeah. approach and their nonsense. But dude, we got, we got to talk about, I mean, the event yes. was geared towards recruiting. Yeah. That's what it's become. And, and, and there was a, there was a really important thing that happened yeah. today around, I just happened to be on Twitter when this happened. I, I had one of those fortuitous things like Evan Daniels got on and, yeah. It was early afternoon. Yeah, two, I feel like it was like one or first two of o'clock. All, first of all, uh, he, let's just, let's just well, yeah. say, because I, like, I, people, I, I know how people are, and they'll be like, well, way to piggyback. What did I text you on Friday night? Not, don't, 
Let me, I'll take, I'll take it from here. Hold on. I'll give you due credit. Okay. So on Friday night, people that follow me probably saw that I tweeted when you can't sleep because you just got a, a, a golden piece of information. Kyle texts me at, like, I don't know. When did you text me? It was probably midnight. like 11 o'clock. It was later. Basically texts me and is, is like, I think Cade Cunningham is coming to Kentucky. You basically was like very much emphatically not, not like this might happen. It was like, I've had people who know tell me they think Cade Cunningham is coming. So I, you know, I do a little dance around the house because if people, you know, if you pay any attention to what I say about anything, I love Cade Cunningham. Really I good. I think he's <laughs> really good. An unbelievable prospect. Yes. Like I think he's, he's got like the highest, some of the highest basketball IQ in the class. I think you can elevate a whole team. I think and you have a video up on that at the dime player. drop. Uh, so, you broke down his game. People should, should check that out. The show. Go check that out. I spent a lot of time watching him. So, uh, you know, I, and I didn't, I, at that point, I never, I wasn't even thinking that it was possible that he could come to Kentucky. So, but anyway, yeah, Kyle texts me and says that. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, I've heard people get excited about players before, you know, we've, I've, I've at various points, you've told me things to make me think that this or that was going to happen and then it didn't. But so then today, uh, Evan Daniels tweets, or he changes his crystal ball prediction on 247 which has become a sort of a right. good for Evan that he's right. made when that it, yeah because thing, he doesn't you know? do that unless he's <laughs> but, really feeling pretty confident in a in a you know especially with a high profile guy that it's going to that's going down and yeah so for him to change Cunningham to Kentucky uh got everybody's attention obviously um it's a big deal i mean i, I think it's very real that they're in this thing and I think there's a lot of reason to believe it's going to happen. Like, I, I don't know that Cade Cunningham has ever been totally sold on um, going to Oklahoma State just because his brother's there. Like, I think he's happy for his brother and he loves his brother, but I think he wants to play at the highest level and win at the highest level, have a chance to compete for a national championship, play with other NBA guys because he's going to be doing that for the rest of his life, um, and get, you know, be developed in a program that's a, you know, an NBA training ground. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons that, you know, we, all of a sudden there was Carolina buzz um, and now there's this Kentucky buzz. Like, I, I think it's very realistic that Kate Cunningham, you know, spurns the family connection and goes to a blue blood. Um, and I think there's a lot of movement within the recruiting, within the recruits themselves. You know, he sat at Kate Cunningham, sat front row at Madness and, and seemed to really be enjoying Calipari's over the top spiel and the Bruce buffer thing. And he sat next to Terrence Clark and Lance Ware who are committed to Kentucky and Paolo Banchero, who's a big man who's incredible uh, in the 2021 class. And he might also reclassify. That's another thing that's out there that he's, he's a, he's big a fan of him superstar too. I as love well. Paolo. And I'm just telling you, I tweeted today, like whatever you thought was like the, best Kentucky could do in this class, which was probably going to be potential number one class anyway, like scratch that. And who knows what the ceiling could be? Because I think there's some movement where like Cal has got Cal and his staff and Tony Bartby deserves a lot of credit for making this a real race for Cade Cunningham, because I think Kentucky had kind of in general said like, there's no way. I mean, and everybody in the world said no way he's going to, you know, when, when somebody hires a family member 
the kid usually goes there, but Tony Barbie took it and ran with it and has pushed and pushed and pushed for this kid. And they're in a spot to get him. And I think in general, Cal is pushing the buttons and selling like super team. Like let's get all the dudes and just flatten people. Um, and if you put Cade Cunningham with the yeah. two guys that are committed, Terrence Clark and BJ Boston, that's basically three top 10 players, two of them in the top five. And I don't think it eliminates getting Devin Askew. I think he may wait a long time to reclassify, but I think he will ultimately Amazing. reclassify. Maybe not until the spring, but he will, I think. And I think Kentucky still leads for him. And I don't think they, you know, Ben Roberts had a piece. He was out there at USA in Colorado and talked to Devin and his dad. And they said, that's not a hindrance to us. We could play great together. And they were, and, and, and by the way, Greg they, Brown, they a top 10 together. big man, they could. I'm just told, and his family told, uh, ben Roberts, uh, if if it changes everything, if Cade comes to Kentucky, because we want to play with him, <laughs> like like if 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 you get, uh, yeah he wants you, to play with Cade, if you get Cade Cunningham, moon feeds him. This whole thing could like explode. Like they they could end up they could end up with the best recruiting. Let me class just tell people why basketball has ever seen. I mean. I don't even give a shit if we go long here because l- let me just tell people why the reason people want to play with Kid Cunningham is that he is he's the type of guy that really gets off on sharing the ball. Like that is his thing. Like Kate Cade gets Kate is in this class with guys like John Morant and um he he's I I made the point that he he plays the orchestra. He's not he's not a guy who has like one lane and he's like I do this one thing. Cade loves to to play the flow of the game and manipulate it. And and this guy needs a shot. This this he he's he's the type of like advanced playmaker that he just uh, guys love to play with him because. If you run, you're going to get the ball. If you if you sprint and you, and you set a good screen and you you know if 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 you're smart off the ball, you're going to get your shots. He's not selfish. He's a great team defender. He's um, also he's a, a really smart six, kid. Two um, hundred and twenty pound point guard. He's huge. He's a freak show. He's James Harden. He's <laughs> I mean, huge, and that's the thing that I was. That's the. That's the point I was making that he could play with. He could play with <laughs> my wife. Probably hates me right now. I'm shouting about Kate Cunningham at 1 a.m. Uh, he's he's the type of guy that you could play Devin Askew and Terrence Clark or smaller guards with because on offense you can have those guys off the ball spotting up, and then you're gonna yeah, uh, and then you're gonna get great. You're gonna get great penetration because you've got these smaller guys off the ball that can get in the lane when the ball swung to him. And then also Kate's the type of guy that can get in the middle of the floor and create for people. And and he's you can cross switch and he can guard bigger guys on defense. So you absolutely could play Devin Askey with him. Um he's it's gonna be great. Now I I I I I was telling somebody I've totally set myself up if he comes goes to college and I'd be really stinks it up and sucks. Him. People are gonna just like burn me alive. But I me too. I'm a big believer we, we'll, in him we'll and uh, I, mean, I knew this would happen. We got, could just keep going. We've got a lot but, more uh, this week. He, uh, I have a story as you're yeah, yeah, as you're listening sure. to this, I hope you'll go directly to the athletic because uh, I have a story that by the time you're listening will be published on Kenny Payne that I 
I've been sort of alluding to it for weeks now. I've been working on it off and on for most of the summer. I've talked to half this the one's guys, a monster. To guys in the NBA, three number one picks, three Hall of Fame coaches, the first player Kenny Payne ever recruited at Oregon, his first boss, uh, his college best friend. I've talked to just about everybody that knows Kenny Payne, and it's a story about what Kenny Payne means to Kentucky. Why hasn't he gotten a head coaching job? And what happens to Kentucky basketball if he leaves? Because he is a very, very important piece of the program. So check it out. We'll talk a little more about that in the next episode. Yep, yep. And I have a, uh, I have something on De'Aaron Fox that I'm finishing up. So I've, I've gotten to do a lot of K- kind of Kentucky-centric NBA stuff lately. It's been, uh, it's been a little treat. So. Ah. Follow me on Twitter at jkyleman. Yep. Follow Kyle for you and uh, at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And subscribe to... I got it. Don't worry about it. Subscribe to The Athletic and subscribe to The Ringer's YouTube channel and all of their platforms and everything. And uh, we, will see we will see you next time, folks. Later on. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.